everyone can be the star of the show. It's not sitting in a chair, looking up to someone at the, fr at the front of a stage, talking at us. No, no, no. We're all together in the same space. That's a huge opportunity. That's Mark Masters, community builder, content marketer, and subject of his own case study proving that a content marketing approach truly works. He's made it his mission to help others do what he's done, which is to grow from zero, that's no subscribers and no audience, to a buzzing global community of people who are loyal and attend many multiple events throughout the year. And in this episode of Your Truth Shared, we talk about self-sufficiency in marketing and how you can be resourceful with a zero ad budget. I'm Fanola Howard, intuitive marketer, your host and founder of How Great Marketing Works. I believe that every business has a story to tell because that's how the market decides whether to buy or not. And your story has to resonate with who you are and with the people you want to serve. And this podcast is about helping you reach the market in a way that feels right to you. So if you're an entrepreneur with a dream you want to make real, then this is the podcast for you because great marketing is your truth shared. I wanted to follow up on this idea of community that we really explored in episode 44 when I interviewed Mark Schaefer. And in Mark's book, the lovely Mark Masters is featured in it for You Are the Media, a community he built. But I contacted Mark before that interview <laughs> because... Mark is something special. He has a big heart, smart mind, very innovative, very creative, and a new way of looking at the idea of community and how we build our businesses. And uh, yeah, let me say hello first. Hello, Mark. Welcome. Hello, Fanola. Lovely to be here. <laughs> Looking forward to what we're going to tuck into and enjoy and spend our little time around the campfire together. You see, I told you it was a treat. <laughs> So there's something I really like about how you positioned yourself, right? There is a story, but there's this really nice idea. And I'm jumping the gun, of course, but this idea of self-sufficiency, you know, which really came out when we did our first interview um, to prepare for this podcast. And this idea of self-sufficiency in your business, that it's possible because in this world of overwhelm all around marketing, people are just bombarded with all these things. My, in my space, I talk about how you connect the dots with things. In your space, you're talking about self-sufficiency, but you also frame yourself as helping people be the leading voice in their marketplace. And with you, I believe you that that's possible. Tell me where that comes from. We'll get into the nuts and bolts, but this idea of self-sufficiency, can you share what you mean by that. Yeah, good place to start. Let's jump straight in. So we can spend our days at the whim of somebody else. Where you were the media started was from a place of a pretty vulnerable, a, pre a pretty low place uh, to where it is today. And where we started as it was off the back of not a good place to start. So I was listening to this for the first time and they build, oh, where's this Mark chap? Let's let's wait for him. Let's warm to Mark. <laughs> when I'm about to talk about bad debt and talking about mistakes. So when we are left with nothing, we have to exercise being resourceful 
over having plentiful resources in front of us. Plentiful resources mean that we can spend lots of money and give our money to Facebook ads and we can give lots of money to analytics. We can spend lots of money. If we do have bottomless pits of money, we can even spend the money on very expensive places like LinkedIn. But where many of us could be, is that we have to exercise this creative muscle. So when I talk about self-sufficiency, is that how can we be resourceful with our marketing? And I do believe that we can build with zero ad spend. How we can build spaces. When I say spaces, it's not necessarily how we go to Facebook and we put our flag in the sand and say, yeah, come over here, I've got a group. But how can we build independent spaces that can bring people to So I started in 2013, a newsletter, and I just kept going. 10 years later, I need to do a party, need to to do a big, need to do an event for this. 10 years later, we're still here, but self-sufficiency represents this, how we can get people to come to our side, would they be prepared to give their email so we can keep that conversation going? Because when you start to bring people in together, you never know where you can go. And when you start to lower that distance between you you and someone else, where you take away a hierarchy, where you take this idea of learning, sharing, being together, you can grow from it. And this isn't this is still a commercial approach. So being self-sufficient is empowering ourselves to step forward with a narrative, what we believe in, our values, and to keep going with this curiosity, because over time other people want to come on board and join the party. Talk to me about your values then. So, as I now take my slippers off and sit back a little bit more, <laughs> you just get straight to the plan. Tell me about your values, Mark. What? Sorry? So, Ed, when you talk about my values, my things that I believe in, well, it comes down to creativity and it comes down to being visible. And I do believe in experimentation. Um, I, a lot of what I've done has failed. Um but the ability to share this and document this without realizing it, I've built this scrapbook over the years that says to people, this didn't work, but with iterations and changing and keeping at the wheel, we made something better. So when I talk about values, it's around this thing of experimentation. It's about contribution. It's about being with others that will support that as well in terms of cooperation, and this ability to share successes together. Those are the values that I believe in, and I find that common ground brings us all together. And I love that. But you also make me think of something that is you are demystifying failure then, making it more relatable. The U.S. is amazing from the perspective of they expect entrepreneurs to fail first time out. Ireland, culturally, we don't like failure and we need to get used to failure because it's not failure, it's learning, that lovely quote. I love that your, how you communicate is you're so open and and that's that's vulnerable too, to share the failures, but you seem to wrap your arms around it. It's really like you laugh as you share your failures. It's amazing. Yeah. Um. Most things, a lot of things that we put our hand to, it, it doesn't work. But it's it, it isn't always 
going to work. And I think when we talk about vulnerability and when we talk about these issues as well, I think a lot comes down to confidence. Um, I feel okay now to talk about things that did not work, whereas we have to have this, maybe this is the way that business has been, this is the way that we've been from, from university and college, is that we always have to share the successes because that makes us uh, more noble, that makes us more, um, uh, that, that creates this sense of we're good people to work with. But, 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 but we have to acknowledge that the initiatives that we deliver, they won't always work. And it's what you learn from them that does help you produce something stronger. I can wax lyrically about things that haven't that haven't always gone according to plan. But I'd like you to share one. Can you <laughs> share the one? Because it's really good because I think if we if we deliver something to people today that makes them realize there is learning in failure and a deeper learning often in failure, then that would be a huge accomplishment. Can you share the event where there was a power outage or something. I want to tell the story. I want you to tell the story. Why? Why are we? Why, Fanola? Why are we throwing <laughs> me under the fun. bus with that? Well, <laughs> let's do that. Right. So we can tell. Right. Here we go. Here we go. Right. <laughs> let's dust myself down. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, why is this man on when all he's doing is talking about um, <laughs> things where things have absolutely not gone according no, to plan? No, because so we, we come out the other side. We come out the other we side. We come out the other side. That's the positive side to all this. So um, very quickly, we created hybrid events. Um, after we all come back in the room after COVID, we created hi uh, hybrid events. We went to local theatres where we turned the theatre screen into, the, into a giant Zoom screen. People together in theatre, people together that were on Zoom really tough because you're effectively managing two audiences. What happened is that just we would start at one o'clock, everyone was in the theatre, food served, everything else. There was a power cut in the theatre. And it was like, oh my goodness, well, the show must go on. We can do this in the dark, right? Because I've got people coming online on Zoom at one o'clock because they don't know we're having a power cut. Theatre says, no, I need you to all get out because this is now turned into a, a hazard. Okay, right. What are we going to do? Someone says, there's a hotel down the road that's going to have us for £500. Oh, I can't believe they did that in our vulnerable, weak place that we needed help. Someone was there to profit off this. So it's like, no, okay. Someone else says, I know the owner of this pub over the road. He says we can go upstairs. Great. Let's go there. So went across the road. And at the same time, everyone's there on Zoom. So I said, can you ha hold with me? If I... Um, via my MacBook that was attached to the projector. So I said, if you can just keep with me here as I walk over the room, because if I shut this, the Zoom has ended, but I kept it open. We went to the pub. We had a, somebody that was down and they, he had his cello and he's playing in the cello as <laughs> cello was walking to the pub. And it's like the Titanic. I'm like, ah! So we sit down and we, we deliver on Zoom and we're all in the pub. We create this homely feeling in December and that, and then the, the Wi-Fi went in the pub <laughs> and it's like, oh my goodness. And it's like, all I wanted to do was just shut my laptop and walk and go home. But I realized this, everyone stayed. Nobody said, can I have my money back? But what was going on is absolute shambles. But the first time I saw this thing that people stayed that were connected to one another, 
And everyone had this, this amazing party that we stayed and people stayed out all afternoon. And it was that moment I realized that when you build something for other people, you, other people rally behind each other. If things do not work or go according to plan, it, when you do it as part of a group, it becomes this shared experience that everyone can feel a part of. You see, there was a reason for this story. <laughs> eh, thank you very much, Vanola Vatina. <laughs> and so community is born. And the thing that I know about you, because I've joined the You Are The Media community, and, and I think I shared this in a previous episode, there's only a couple of communities I'm a member of now. Yeah. And You Are The Media is definitely one of those. I know that I want to become more active than I already am. Thank you. But it's a beautiful place to be. It is highly supportive. You bring a warmth to that community and a realness to that community that makes us. And it's so clever, Mark. It's so clever because a couple of things. You lead with warmth. You make everyone feel welcome. Everybody is seen. And you look for opportunities for everyone to grow and interact with each other. And there's this quote that you said when we chatted, uh, which is, in this community, you can be famous within the family. And I also love Mm. this idea of why can't we all be stars of the show, this idea of community. And I know you're talking about the event there, which we'll talk about in a second, but Mm. it just breathes much more life into it's a different way of doing business, like networking. I, I'm hearing this a lot from talking to people. The old styles of networking need to move on and they have moved on. And I think you've really put your finger on the pulse for this because you're much more innovative about it and you're really leaning in and listening to and listening to the human side of people. Yeah, it's... Uh, and I think th- the process of that is always being at the wheel. For instance, there's the newsletter that I send every Thursday. That's my way of learning and documenting what's happening around us. And when you are in the zone and you're having to fight and you're having to learn along the way, for instance, when COVID happened and we had to be nimble or we part of me was ready to put my head in the sand and wait for it all to pass. Which is easy because then we can go, we can get ready to rip that plaster off and go back to the way that it always was. Let's do a three-course meal at a hotel where we can all have chicken wrapped in parma ham. Or we can lean in and we can learn of what's going around us because it becomes this thing around self-sufficiency of where we started. It's better to make time to build for yourself and for others than it is to build for someone else's benefit. When I say for someone else's benefit, this could be a, a platform that you have no say in, They're a social platform or something else that uh, uh, that is that is not associated with it. So the platform should be here to serve us, not the other way round. How we create these spaces that we welcome others, but that only comes from practice and experimentation and testing what's out there. Share with people why Mark Schaefer featured you in his book. What featured you yeah. are the media in and why he joined the community. He's a member of the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good idea. Yeah, because that's a good question. Like that comes down to all of us, like all of us that are trying to find our little place in the world. How do we, how can we 
be associated with other respected people within these industries that we are a part of. So Mark, I first met Mark, I published a book called The Content Revolution and we were both, this is me showing off a bit now, so just, just bear with me. I'm so okay we went, we were talking, uh, <laughs> we were talking at an event in Brazil and um, whatever the year that was, 2017, something like that, 2016, 17. Anyway, to me and Mark just, just um, got on then and so when we're saying well how does how does what you're doing then end up in mark's book and it was just being i would reach out to mark i we have a uh we had a conference so i asked him if he was passing he whatever the flights were from us to europe as he was passing right can you stop off in london and i'll pick you up and i'll bring you to the conference that we were having in 2018 so he came over here, stayed in Bournemouth, 2019, something similar again. We did a day. We, we created an event called Shafe at the Seaside. So you build this friendship with somebody. And then what we did is we just always kept in contact. And then 2022, let's do another Shafe at the Seaside. Again, this is being creative with what we can do. So we did an event, a lecture at the university, and then we had an afternoon the following day in a really nice restaurant. And we just created an event there that brought people together that air and he shared his concepts from belonging to the brand. And alongside that, just being in contact, he could see what was happening. He finds these themes that, that, that are happening in the world around us that has relevance to us all. And I didn't reach out to him or try to impress or anything else, but you just build this, this really nice, warm relationship with somebody else and, and when it feels right and it aligns with what they are trying to do and the message and there's an audience there um it meant a lot it meant yeah it means love it's a lovely thing to be included in someone else's work because I'd, I'd never really had that when we when we're creating or when we're building or any project that whoever's listening you may be working on it's really lonely and it can be really lonely and really isolating because we don't have the blueprint in front of us we may have a map but all the roads all mix up. So when we're doing something that 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 is is relatively new to us, it's it, it can be um, we can feel quite isolated sometimes. So when have somebody else says, "Look, here's a case study in a book, and look at what you're doing and you know, bringing people together," this rises everything. When it, when they say rises everything in terms of subscribers and people getting involved, it just validates what what we're doing is to say this. And it's wonderful to have this little stamp from a respected person to say, this is good, this does work. And to me, that gives me an absolute, is the absolute joy and privilege of, of, of the you of the media community. Let's get specific so that people understand what we're talking about. <clears throat> so you've built a community that's built on a newsletter that you have sent out for 10 years now and take us from there the commercial thing like what you've done is you scaled the warmth piece right but yeah. just get them as the business case so like one of the things I can say is well how I came across you is uh, somebody recommended you because when I was starting right. my newsletter they said you've got to look at how this guy does it right and uh, and things like I remember getting, you did a personalized video. I mean, I love this space because 
It means that we are much more human in how we connect with customers, how we connect with other humans, other people, regardless of whether they're customers or not, their audience and all the rest of it. But ultimately, we want them to convert into customers at some point anyway. But that you took the time to to do a video. Now, when we chatted, it feels like someone has just taken a moment out of their day and done a single video to say welcome and thank you for subscribing and all that. Yeah. And automatically people who are listening will say, but I can't do that. But it's just being logical about it because what you do is you batch to them. Is that correct? Do you mind saying that? Yeah. yeah. What do you mean? Batch? What do you mean? So that you're looking at how to scale the warmth in a very practical way mm. that makes it it's easy to happen. Yeah. Because the stuff I, what I talk about, what I do is just putting a relatable face uh, on work. And if that is the, the, the one takeaway from this show is how we, how we can still be commercial with what we do, but do it in a relatable way. For instance, you talk, I said I will send, if you subscribe, I will send a, uh, a, a short video. But it doesn't mean to say, I don't listen, I don't have a, imagine if I had, if I, if I, if I, Ruin the magic. And I said, I've got a load of messages that say, hi, Finola. So anyone else called Finola gets it from the F box. So I just, so I, and and so I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at ways that, that makes us all relatable and brings everyone and that, that brings our customers or potential customers in by doing things in an everyday down to earth way. For instance, the reason I do video is that uh, when someone would subscribe, I used to send them a video. Uh, uh, sorry, an email. That email, I try to personalize it in every way we can. I'm trying to humanize an automated world. That's what this show is all about. How you can all, how you can humanize an automated world. So I would send someone an email to say, hey, lovely, thank you, Fanola. Thank you for subscribing. Hope the weather is, is fine on your side of the water in Ireland. And I would try and find these little ways and buy maybe a little quick look on LinkedIn or the company. But every, when I reached out to people, I said, when do you reply back? And people would say, I just thought it was automated. I just thought, I just presumed that it was automated because that's inherent in all of us. Connections that we have, everything else, come and join another 10,000, 11, however many of your peers, we're always there. Comes back to work. Work has to be about scale and big and everything else. Whereas I'm saying, sometimes we, if we can personalize what we do and find a structure to it, for instance, somebody leaves their email. I will put. Doesn't I don't have to reply back to them within half an hour. But as 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 part of my discipline during a time during the week, I will send out little video messages uh, to people. So when they receive the newsletter on a Thursday, they're already familiar. I'm tr- we're trying to make our worlds familiar to someone else, so they don't think, "Well, that wasn't for me." I'm I'm uh, I'm going to unsubscribe from this. But it's really clever too. You know, it's very warm and I know you you it's really important to you. But there's the other side of me that goes that's really clever because Really? Okay. Great. Let's go with it. <laughs> it's really See, building me up. <laughs> it's really clever because you've taken a moment in thinking about the customer journey of how we bring people in, which is the awful world word that's used, which is the funnel. But the funnel is, is very useful of knowing that you can't ask someone to marry them on the first date so that you shorten the process by 
taking your inherent warmth and your ability to bring people close to you and saying, well, what are the tools I could use to do this? And actually, and so you're throwing out the rule book and going, how can I be creative in a way that brings them closer and automatically gets buy in? Like I'm bought in, you know? Mm. So this is this. So my little summary to that is that businesses don't pull others together to have a personal attachment. People do. And this comes back, does this, are we talking, does this come back to the personal brand element or does this just mean how we can turn warmth into a commercial and business approach? I'm very, you know, I'm open. This is still business. This is still work. But how do we recognize that we've hidden for far too long behind a logo, whereas now we can start putting ourselves right at the front to welcome people? Maybe it's just the way that I am. Maybe it's just the way that my nature is. Is to is to be welcoming and like we have a live event. So when people put the time in to travel, I want people to feel at home. But we can still do that with our business endeavors as well. And it's this balance between our everyday lives and our commercial lives where we can find that balance. Because the punchline to all this is how can we make other people feel a part of something much bigger and not in isolation. Yeah, I love it. I'd like to talk about the oldie origin story <laughs> that we were about to talk Do about. Do it. <laughs> so you shared, because I wanted to know what triggered this approach for you. And because my in my work, I'm always looking for point of difference because of how to position someone. And it's so interesting that your point of difference is that warmth piece, is that ability to bring people together in creative ways. That's a real point of difference. And it it immediately builds trust and connection that makes me want to do more things with you because I like you. I see you. I see your, my lovely phrase of recent times, yawn thisity. <laughs> that I just, I trust you because you're you're true to yourself you're real you know and that can absolutely translate from a marketing perspective and so i found myself asking you the question of well why are you like this now mark <laughs> and he told me three points do you want to talk about them it started when you were 11 <laughs> we got really bad here we go <laughs> okay right let's share this right so this thing of origin stories is only something that's recently dawned on me so why why does this happen why is this here Back in middle school, where I live on the south coast of England in a little town called Paul, we had um, elections. And when we were 11 year old and where I live, there's a very strong conservative stronghold where, where I live down here. So we had 11 year olds had to represent a party and we had to get a point across. So I... Um, whatever party that I was, I, that I was sharing and my little manifesto, I was on stage. One of my friends, he, so we had the Liberals and we had Conservative and Labour. And one of my friends, another 11 year old kid, and he set up and he did the let's have another party party. And so when it came round to votes, uh, they went through, yeah. And Mark, Mark has got here. So he had one vote and that one vote was me and <laughs> the let's have another party party 
was a landslide victory. And from there, it was two things. It made me realize this thing of isolation and being on your own. Enough. It was a very, I don't know, it was a horrible moment where I thought, I never want to be this. I was me. And the other side is, is that you took a serious subject, which was voting for political parties, and you threw it on its head and you had fun and you had joy with it. And from an 11 year old boy, you had this creativity to have the step forward, to have this idea has stuck with me now as a grown man that realized that we have, with the time that we've got, we can make all this joyous and we can bring people into our fun together and to share and to be open because we don't have to have the prim and proper way. The prim and proper way is how we've always behaved. We still be prim and proper, but do it in a much more high energy, impactful togetherness kind of way. You should tell that story. Next story. (laughs) You don't have to tell the next one because this one was pretty good. I would like, well, you can because you've built on it. Like you you went on to do work in the uh, agency business in the UK, in London. And then you, after 12 years, you moved home and you felt it again. Yeah, again, I, so... I started up my I started my business and when you start your business you you don't really know which way to turn. So I moved back from London. I from I re- returned back to my home in Paul, but the world was a different place. No one was living here anymore. And I started up and I, I would again I was I it was really lonely. No one that I knew was living here. Um I was saying yes to lots of things, playing football, going to the football with people I didn't necessarily know. So you just say yes to a lot of sorts of things. You go to businessy events. Mm. Well, I think, well, is this what I should be about? Should I just be punting my wares and trying to sell stuff? And is that what I should be doing? And should I just be sitting here uh, uh, knowing I have a product and service I want people to buy into? So that's all I've got to do. I've just got to show up again and again and sell and sell and sell and sell. And it just didn't make me feel comfortable. But again, you are the media, this newsletter, and, and we bring in events online and offline. But a lot of this, again, started from being on your own and being lonely. And I didn't want to, you are the media was effectively there for, for me when I first moved back to my hometown. Because when you have events, you want people to feel welcome. You want people to not feel pressurized. Like, hey, you got the 30 seconds now to talk, give us your uh, elevator pitch to everyone else on the table before we bring out the chicken wrapped in palm ham again. So you let, and we need to create a place that people do not have to feel coerced mm. and where they feel safe. That feels comfortable, where relationships and friendships can be formed because that was what I was missing when I moved back home. Didn't have a workplace that I could go to and to meet people. And, but thankfully, that's there now today. And, mm. and it's really nice. And, and as we welcome people from around the world and the country and overseas and everything else, the intention was still there. It was built from being in a place where the world can be sometimes quite lonely for us. So you have two identities. And so I'd love you to share and explain because the sentence is really good also. So you have, we are the media, which is your consulting business where you work with companies and help them uh, be the leading voice in their marketplace. And you have, you are the media, which is the community and the newsletter. Yeah. Share the thinking behind both because this statement you are, or we are the media is also uh, very interesting. Yeah. So 
One is to do it for businesses, which is we are the media. So this is, so I have a marketing consultancy. So we are the media is to work with B2B, work for businesses to say, well, let's kind of create, this is how you can build. This is how you can grow with a content-led approach. Let's do this. You are the media says, let's do this together. Let's do this together and figure this out together when it terms, when it comes to the values that we talked about uh, not too long ago but around even the creation. Name, Mark, that, explain why, where you came up with the name, because I like that. With what? With you are the media? Yeah. You're used to it now, but other people haven't yeah, heard so I'm about used to it. it. So the, 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 the idea from where it started in 2013 was this uh, whole belief around control and independence, and we can create, and we can build, and we can be in charge. So this idea of this is what it kind of means. You are the media. So we can, we can have a narrative that we can share with an audience who buy in, think of ourselves as magazines. So we can say something that people want to come to us. So that was you are the media. And then we thought, well, let's do it for businesses. We'll put a we in. But however, there is a much more clearer association with you are the media than there is with the kind of, with the we are the media side. So it's just, so I'm just kind of working through this now in terms of how, yeah, how it sits. But there's one side, for, we can do this as a community. We can build this, we can learn, we can share, we can work in cooperation with one another. Or if you are a business, let's work together. Let's figure this out together. So there's two separate strands there. But I think the empowering, the empowering thing that I get from this is this idea that we are the media, like we are the people who produce the content, who, tell the stories, who connect with others, that it's us. As you say, it's this empowering place. And that's a really powerful thing. Bravo. No, no, it's, I find it, you know, it just goes along with the tide of where we are in the world today and the ability that we can go past gatekeepers that are there or middlemen or women that are there. If we wanted wanted to uh, address the media or the press, we can now take down take down these uh, walls, and we can address people directly. That is empowering. That is the people who can con- who can control the web. That we can take down the walls and and reach people directly. That's ex- but that's exactly what this is about. Like me sending someone a video. Hey, good to see you, Fadola. See you for the Thursday <laughs> newsletter. All this is reaching out to people directly rather than via another medium, rather than have to go via Twitter or something else to get via someone else to get to you. We can now take that down and go direct to people. So when we can go direct to people, when you come to my side, you have to be like, wow, I don't get this anywhere else. It's a little bit like E.T. at the end of E.T. when he met all his little alien friends. (laughs) Hey, before I get on the spaceship. Love it. It's like that. (laughs) You've also turned conferencing a little bit on its head. And it's one of the events that I'm going to go to this year. I'm only doing two or three events this year. And this one I'm coming to because, well, I believe in you. I believe in what you're doing and I'm excited to be part of it. And it's called Creator Day. It's actually International Creator Day on the 23rd of April. But Creator Day, you are the media Creator Day is on the 27th of April. Share with people what that looks like, because it's not a top-down conference. Mm. Uh, That's right. In-person events work when people feel included and are part of an overall cause. Um, I... And I realized that the world we are a part of now is different from what it was before 2020. 
Uh, we did some research last year as well. Uh, one thing, everyone's feeling the pinch uh, at the moment. And I realized that, here we go. If people don't need to go out, they don't have to. We realized from COVID, we got time back. Anything that we need to, we can sit here in front of Zoom teams, we can do that, right? We are also seeing that people are making serious decisions about what they commit to. Because when you go to an event, you have to realize there are so many costs that are involved. Travel, stay. Not only that, the emails and work still needs to be done, right? So that, so all this, all this builds up, builds up. And I'm trying to figure this out. And we, it, there's a real dilemma to figure this out. I mean, I don't really want to spend my life online attending events because online to me is a, is a gloomy substitute for the real kind. So I, let's go back to this. People are in a, having a tough, tough time. I was charging, we, since 2018, 200 pounds to uh, attend a day event. So small businesses having to pay over 200 pounds plus travel for these conference themed events where people for the most part are talking at you for a day, uh, I think is wasteful. I think is quite indulgent. There has to be, there has to be another way where we we've all become the transaction. Yeah. Yeah. If we, if I'm a, an event organizer, I'll take your money. I'll take your 200 pounds. I'll tell you we're having the best time ever. You can have the recorded versions to watch back, which you're never going to watch back, but it sounds as though you're adding value. When we, when we, when we're together with the, when we're together with each other, when we're a part of the audience, when we are a part of the audience together, we have, we can think of more creative ways to do this. And, um, what I did was by reach finding partners, sponsors to say, can you help us out here? Cost, look, I can't tell you how much the blimmin' food, even we're doing brochures to print paper, food, everything is sky blimmin' high. But how can you find partners, other people from the community? Let's look at it this way, everyone. Businesses, ha businesses have more money than people. Can they help out other people? So what we've done is take what was £200 down to £45 uh, for, to make it easier for people. I'm playing this for the long game, right? I'm doing this for the long game. I don't want to just bank the money. That money goes towards the holiday. Uh, I wanna, I'm doing it because I want it still to be here next year. So that time that you spend when you come to the south coast of England, and bless you for doing it, Fanola, I want you to come to it and think, yeah, that was worthwhile. I am going to be back next year. But my point is that we are going to work on stuff together. That's the thing I want you to share. Yeah. So what we're going to do, and this is how we throw the conference idea on its head. I always thought that when people come together for an event, you have people with the same mindset in the same space at the same time. So why can't we make the most of it? We always talk about, hey, opportunity for, for networking over the breaks. And, but what happens then? It just stops. And I know there's a lot of value on, on, on chatting to each other. So what we do in the afternoon is we work together. We work together with each other in the afternoon. So the, the plan is we will work in, everyone works in their own little groups. 
It could be to create something that they haven't done before. It could be a LinkedIn post. It could be a story behind a photo. It could be doing a video that makes us feel uncomfortable. It could be a blog article. People are in that room cheerleading teams, and we're going to be accountable to each other. No one's going to share that day, but we're going to come back together on Zoom a week or so later and share what we're doing, because what we're trying to do is encourage people to create and to do something, because when you put it out there into the big wide world, you've got people backing you up. So it doesn't feel as lonely and isolated when you do that 30 second intro video to your new podcast series, because you've got people that you know that are already there backing you up. And there's this thing by knowing that we don't have to do this on our own, but we're doing something that we haven't done before. So we're going to, people come to the event and they're going to work together and we're going to have our own cheerleading teams. No one does this. Beautiful. That comes back to what you said very quickly, where everyone can be the star of the show. It's not sitting in a chair, looking up to someone on the, fr- at the front of a stage, talking at us of, of what we need to do. No, no, no. We're all together in the same space. That's a huge opportunity when we're fired up, we're motivated. And we can randomize that as well by working with people you may not necessarily know. And we saw it last year. People now step forward doing video that they'd never done before, but by being resourceful and using how to create video and to sharing and stepping up is about voice. See, I'm getting, you're getting me excited for Nola, (laughs) but I just fingers crossed that this show doesn't go out at the start of May. (laughs) It won't. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. What would you love people to walk away with from this conversation? I guess... Do you know what? And when we talked about this idea of of how we can be relatable, how we can be relatable in what we do, what we believe in, our values as well. And by realizing that, and this is, my big thing is this that I'm realizing, is that everything that I've shared here has been based on stories from the past and bringing people together. A lot of this, so it comes, this has helped shape my beliefs. Mm. So what I want us to take away from this is this idea that we've built our skill sets over the years. That's how we've built our reputation with our in our industries. But the thing that puts us apart from everybody else is our beliefs, is our worldviews, our, our values, or what we stand for. So me realizing things that didn't work, talking about being an 11-year-old at school and jaw dropped when I only voted for myself and someone did brilliantly out of it, is that when we bring ourselves to the table with this sense of curiosity and we share this perspective that ties to our businesses, we can't stop going. The path is in front of us. We never run out of steam. Thank you so very much. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you'd like to find more about Mark, check him out on wearethemedia.co.uk. And if you'd like to find out more about Creator Day, then visit youarethemedia.co.uk slash creator hyphen day. And I hope to see you there. If you'd like to support the show, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And reach out and let me know your takeaways from this episode. What would you like to know more about? Send me a message and I'll be back next week with another guest. And until then, take care.